reasons. Uh, one is, just let me call your attention to these gorgeous flowers up here. These flowers on the altar today are in memory of Tom Dawson in celebration of his birthday today. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, the whole family. If you noticed any beautiful flowers and hearts and decorations all around the church, it's anticipation of the month of February coming up. We're starting a new series called Love Lifted Me. And you might even find some of these cards that you can take to give to somebody and say, hey, come to, come to church with me next month. We're, doing a, uh, we're, doing, we're having a love connection. No, don't say that. <laughs> don't, I don't want you to mislead them. But we are wanting to connect with each other. And um, just like today, like this month, we've talked about connecting with God. Hand this card to somebody. Invite them to come to church with you and make a connection. And by the way, these cards and uh, the decorations and these wonderful outlines that you have in your newsletter, um, these don't just happen. Uh, Sheila Freeman and Susan Swan, they all work together and they proofread and they put this stuff together. And I want to say thank you to them uh, because it, none, of, none of this would, if, if I had to do it, it wouldn't look anywhere near that nice. And I'm so grateful to them. Psalm 19. 14 is the scripture I want us to just focus on for just a minute. Um, the psalmist writes these words. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I hope that's the way that you feel uh, today and that's the way that I feel. I want, I want what's on the inside of me to look good to God and I want the, what's on the outside of me to match what's on the inside of me. That's what it means to be a disciple, to be fruitful, and to, um, to get to the point where my, my maturity level and my, my fruitfulness is what God wants it to be. Um, so how do I get there? How do I get there? All month we've been talking about connecting with God through prayer and through the sacraments and through worship. Different things, but all connecting with God, right? Uh, and that is the key to the mature kind of abundant Christian discipleship that God has in mind for all of us. In John chapter 15 that I referred to earlier, Jesus said, abide in me, telling his disciples, abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches, abide in me, because a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. That is the connection that I'm talking about all month all month long. So today we're looking at spiritual practices, and here's my definition of that. And it's printed on your outline if you if you want to take a look at that, or if not, just listen. This is my definition of spiritual practices. Spiritual practices are intentional habits that we establish in order to be spiritually formed into mature, fruitful followers of Christ. Spiritual habits that we intentionally Establish in order to be spiritually formed into mature, fruitful followers of Christ. There are many, many of them that we could talk about. We could talk about prayer and meditation. We could talk about silence. We could talk about self-examination and gratitude and confession. We could talk about service and almsgiving and, and study and, and journaling. and all. There are so many of these different ones that are described in in some of my favorite books, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, it's one of the classics. And there are others that I could tell you about if you're interested in reading all of those. We don't have time to talk about all of those, but 
I wanted you to see how, um, how God can take um, different people wired completely differently with, with different, uh, different preferences and different attractions to, to different disciplines and use all of that for his glory. Um, there's something that all of us is naturally drawn to. So today, uh, for the first time in the history of ever, we're having um, all three of our preachers preach at once. Not all at the same time. That would be even more confusing. But it's going to be sort of like tag team. Okay? Uh, Pastor Andy is going to talk about connecting with God through solitude and nature. Uh, Pastor Kerry is going to talk about connecting with God through, through music and singing. I'm going to talk about uh, connecting with God through spiritual reading and journaling. And uh, we're going to have a big old time. Okay, so right now, without further ado, I'm going to tag uh, and pass it along to Pastor Kerry. All right, well, it is great to be here with y'all today to spend time with some of our older kids in the congregation um, and, and to share with you about um, just one of the ways that I connect with God on a regular basis and, and help grow and mature my faith. Um, you know, Pastor Sam shared that there are so many practices that are out there. And, and there have been times in my life where I've tried all of these or, you know, every one that I hear about just to see, you know, how that feeds my soul and how that connects me with the Lord. Um, and, and with all of us, we are all wired differently. And there, there are spiritual practices that will come more naturally and will feel more comfortable and will, will be more fruitful for each and every one of us. Um, just like every single one of us, if, if we went around the room today and shared, what's your favorite thing to do with your spouse or your favorite thing to do with your best friend, we would all probably have a slight different answer because we're all wired a little differently and there are different things that feed us and different things that interest us. Um, but the goal for this is to find those practices that work for us, those practices that truly help us connect on a regular basis, on a daily basis, on a momentary basis at times so that our relationship can build and our relationship can grow and it can become what it is that God desires for it to be. Um, I can tell you that before I had kids, every single day I started my day with my coffee with Jesus. That's what I called it. Um, when, I, when I poured my cup of coffee, I would sit down in my big comfy chair and I would open the scriptures and spend time in prayer. And um, the last time I tried to do that was a couple of weeks ago and I had my cup of coffee and I opened my devotion book and and the the title was don't let anything distract you but Jesus and before I could read the next word guess what I was distracted I had my kids crawling on me or asking me for something so I still try to get those when I can um, but coffee with Jesus doesn't happen as frequently because I don't always make it through my cup of coffee these days um, but since uh since I was a small child, there has been another practice that has been extremely meaningful for me. Um, the Psalm 57, 7 says this, My heart is steadfast, O Lord. My heart is steadfast, O Lord. Um, and right now what I've come to grips with is my heart is steadfast, even if my life and my schedule and planning things like I normally want them to be is not steadfast. Uh, the, the psalm goes on to say, My heart is steadfast, O Lord. I will sing and make music. I will sing and make music. And so um, music, worship, 
singing has been such an important part of my life and my relationship with God, connecting to God. Again, even since I was a small child. Today I want to share with you the very first memory that I have of truly connecting with God. Um, John Wesley says that uh, his, his heart was strangely warmed when he you know, first realized how much the Lord loved him, that he was truly saved by his grace. And this is the first experience I ever had with my heart being truly warmed uh, by the presence of God. I was six, seven, or eight. I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I, I was young. And I grew up in a house that was built in 1918. And in the living room of my house, uh, we had these two just, you know, decorative-shaped windows. There's probably some name for it, but I don't know what it is. But anyway, they were really pretty, and I loved them. And at, at a certain point in the day, the sun would come through and make a pattern uh, of sunlight on the floor. And I remember, especially when it was cold outside, I would go and with my little bare toes, I would stick my feet in the sunlight to let the sunlight warm up my feet. And, and there was one particular day that I was doing that, and all of a sudden, a song that we sang every communion Sunday at my church in Sylacauga that, that I grew up in, uh, it, it just overwhelmed me. And, and I started thinking of the words of this song, let us break bread together on our knees. Let us break bread together on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, oh Lord, have mercy on me. And, and so uh, my, little, my little six, seven-year-old self started singing that song, and before it was over with, because uh, there's a couple of verses, I, I, I sang all of them. I was on my knees with my face to the rising sun and my arms lifted, and my heart was filled with the presence of God for the first time that I, that I remember. And, and ever since then, music has been a way that made me feel the presence of God, where I, I knew that the Lord was with me. And there have been times where I was able to sing with joy and praise and thanksgiving. There are times when the music is how the Lord ministered to my pain and my struggle and my sorrow. Um, the song today that uh, was played on the organ, you know, uh, His Eyes on the Sparrow, you know, and, and the words have spoken to me and, and how the Lord has, has ministered to me. Um, and they are also ways um, music has given me a language to be able to speak back to God, um, to, to offer, again, praises and thanksgiving, to offer love, uh, to offer my pain back to the Lord. And, and so it has, music has created a sacred space for me to truly be in the presence of God, to connect with God and to grow in my relationship with God. Um, and today, as we are kind of talking about different ways that, that these spiritual practices help us and, and grow us, I encourage you to find that spiritual practice that works for you, that can be your daily bread, uh, your daily moment and time with God. Uh, music has become that for me in this season of life that I'm in right now. It, again, it's always been an undercurrent and always been a part, but it is my daily bread right now. Because I keep, I have a playlist that I keep on my phone uh, that are in my iTunes. And then I have a Pandora station. And we have a radio station in the car that we listen to. I teach my kids uh, songs all the time, you know. And, and sometimes it's that I'm singing. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in the, my heart with my kids. And we can sing that together. Um, this morning when we were on the way to church, uh, my, my son said, Hey, Mommy, can we sing that song that we sang at chapel? 
um, because I do chapel with the kids at ELC. And so we sang a little song about, um, uh, we we sang that song today together. Uh, At night, every time I put my kids to sleep, there's a progression of songs that we sing every single night. Twizzle Twizzle Little Star, that's not praising Jesus, but I still love it. And then then it goes into Jesus Loves Me and uh, Jesus Loves the Little Children. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and amazing grace. And I sing every verse of amazing grace that I can remember. And that's how I put my, my kids to sleep at night. And, and I want to sing those kids, those, those songs over my kids, but I also need to sing them for myself because it's how I connect with the Lord. Um, and, and there are so many songs that I'm going to be singing all throughout the day. We have some really great music, Blessed Assurance and It Is Well. I, I've got a lot to choose from today uh, to continue worshiping the Lord. Um, as, as I go throughout my day, music is something that I can take with me everywhere. And no matter what I'm doing, and it could be the hum that other people hear or just the song in my heart, but God goes with me through the music. Uh, God ministers to me, and I can praise him through that. And, and so I'm so grateful for the spiritual practice of music and all that it has done for me and all that it has helped me uh, come to know about the Lord and all the ways that it has helped me grow and mature in him. So whether it's music, whether it's anything that we're going to talk about today, or it's something completely different, find it, use it, and connect with the Lord. So um, I just have to say, when I was younger, if I would have been somewhere and they said, we have three preachers speaking today, I would have bolted out the door so quick. So I'm so happy that you all stayed. Um, So this is a scripture I wanted to read. Uh, This is Psalm 4610. It says, be still and know that I am God. I don't know if you know me, but it's very hard for me to be still. I was in Atlanta at Emory uh, this past weekend at Candler, and I had class. And guess what? I drew a lot of pictures during class because I have to do something while I'm paying attention, right? Uh, Pastor Kerry and I were both at Southside Methodist. And I realized there was other people like me there, uh, because during the sermon, there was somebody who would knit to pay attention. Uh, There was somebody else who played game on their phone, and somebody else who cleaned out their purse a little bit, right? So um, there's other people that have to be doing something else while they're learning and growing, right? And that's the only way for me to get my mind still, is to be involved in another activity. And I wish somebody would have taught me that when I was younger, because I would hear people talk about their Jesus time, these long devotionals and how they just be quiet and still for so long. And I thought, I must not love God enough. There's something wrong with me, right? That's what I thought. Uh, And then then later in life, I learned that this is just how I'm wired, um, that I do love God and I'm just wired differently. Um, So this psalm that I read was written by David. And the reason why I love that it was written by David is David messed up a whole lot, a whole lot, right? He had somebody killed. He got somebody pregnant. He wasn't supposed to get pregnant. Um, just a whole list of things that David did um, that, that were wrong. And, and, but, and what I love about that is God's grace. David could be alone and spend time with God, right? And we have access to God in the same way, to be still, to be with God, be in God's presence, that God's grace is with us, to mold us in those times. Um, and when I think about going and being alone with God in nature— I find that Jesus did that too. In the Gospels, we see that Jesus would often go alone to pray. And it talks about Jesus going by the lake to pray. 
or we hear about on the mountainside to pray. Now, when I was younger, I thought Jesus went to the mountainside to pray. He must have just been sitting there, right, or kneeling. But I wonder if Jesus didn't hike some, right? I wonder. I wonder if Jesus didn't find some of those sacred places. Because uh, I know there's people here that decorate this sanctuary and they clean it. I mean, there's some people that really some of our members, right? And because and, and, this is a holy, sacred place. I feel the same way about, um, about Nakalula Falls. When I go up there, it's my sacred place with me and God, where I can hike and talk with God. And I think maybe that's what Jesus had is some of these solitude places, these places that he could be alone with God. Uh, and I wanted to talk about that for just a minute, because uh, I like to either walk and talk with God or run and talk with God. And in both of those, um, I'm separated from my house, right? Because if I'm doing a devotional or praying at my house, it's easy to go start doing something. And I like to read a devotional on my phone called D365. But guess what happens? Somebody texts me while I'm reading it, right? Or somebody sends a message on Facebook Messenger, and then I just get sidetracked. Now, I keep my phone on me when I run, but it's on my hip, right? And sometimes I have earbuds in. Sometimes I listen to a sermon or a podcast or music. Sometimes I just listen to nature, but I can't text or respond because it's on my hip. And I'm so far from all the distractions. It's just me and God, and it is wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, and sometimes I like to do what is called a long run, which would be, you know, 10 miles or more. And in those long runs, I start with usually a 90 alternative rock playlist. Doesn't sound like spiritual alone time with God, does it? But let me tell you what happens. If I hit mile seven, this spiritual prayer starts. And it doesn't sound very deep the way it starts, but it starts this way. God, I can't breathe, right? And from there, from there, I begin to, I begin to pray and let everything go to God, right? I begin to release things to God. Uh, I begin to listen to what God might be leading me to. I begin to reflect on scriptures that I heard through the week. And I'm so exhausted, I have nothing left but to rely on God and listen to God. Um, I know there's medical doctors in here, and they could tell you probably much better than I could. But when we run or exercise, hiking, all those things, we're releasing all the stress, all the junk, all the garbage we've been carrying, right? Now imagine adding the spiritual element to that as well, right? So I'm sweating out all the stress, toxins, whatever you want to call it, when I go on a run or a long hike. But imagine then you add prayer, and you're releasing all this baggage you've been carrying, right? On forgiveness, bitterness, uh, just stuff that I haven't handed over to God. And in that, handing that over to God as well, it's like a full, it's a full body, uh, like a holistic approach to, to being with God. And it's amazing, and I love it. And this is the last thing I wanted to share about that, is uh, when I do spend time doing this with God, I find that when I come back into community with other people, I'm a kinder person. Or another way to put it, when I don't take time to be alone with God in nature, I'm a jerk to other people. <laughs> I mean, really, really, that God's grace and the Holy Spirit changes me and transforms me in ways that I can be kinder to others when I spend time alone in God's presence. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out. Well, for me, I love to sing and I love to, to hike and, and uh, I love Nakalula Falls and everything, too. I cannot identify with the uh, long 7 to 13 mile runs. <laughs> 
I get to, oh, God, help me, I can't breathe a lot sooner than mile seven. Um, yes, but uh, for me, it's always been reading. I have always, since I can remember, loved to read. I have to have input. I have to have stories. It has to go in, and it has to percolate around in my brain. And even before I could read, I loved for someone to read to me. And when I was a kid, I loved being that, at that part in school. And then in the summertime, I was kind of sad that I couldn't read anymore, except that, and this was the best thing ever when I was a kid, we had a bookmobile. Any of y'all ever heard of the bookmobile? If you grew up in a rural area, go down to a store in the community. And if you don't know what a bookmobile is, if you can imagine a big UPS truck that is filled, it's like a rolling library that's filled with all these books, and you go and you get to go up there and check out books. It's, it's marvelous. It's wonderful. And I loved it. Uh, but that's how my, my heart connected with God was by, was by reading. I would read and I would, my grandmother would read Bible stories to me, and it was, uh, it was amazing. And at some point, I realized that the greatest commandment that Jesus gave, the, the one that someone said, God, uh, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this one. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And I realized that loving God with all my mind has been the thing that has come most naturally to me. And that is by taking in things and letting them percolate around and then writing them and expressing them. That's in my wheelhouse. So I remember when God called me to preach and I realized that that's what God wanted me to do with my life. And I decided to go to seminary and I was so excited to be at school again. And I met people there uh, that obviously were not quite as excited to be there as, as I was. The thoughts of, of going to class and hearing professors and reading books and writing papers was like torture to them. It was like taking a dose of medicine to them. But I was like, oh boy, can, can we do this some more? Um, my wife Tammy used to say that I never drove by a college that I didn't want to get a degree from. And, <laughs> and about 10 years ago, she said, okay, honey, uh, it's time to stop the insanity now. We've got three kids to put through school. You've got to quit. You've got to quit going back to school. Uh, well, I may have stopped going back to school and getting grades and all of that stuff, but I can't stop learning. I can't stop collecting and percolating and processing. Um, so what comes naturally for me as far as connecting with God is, is spiritual reading and journaling. And 